0: Welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Blake with us in the Escape Pod today to chat all about uh, a retrospective look at at 2020, just kind of recapping things that have come out, uh, things we've had a good time chatting about right here on the podcast. And uh, I'll look forward as well at at things coming out, but uh, mainly just this crazy year and all the stuff that, that 2020 has given us in the Star Wars fandom and uh if you if you may have missed some stuff uh you're gonna hear about it right here on star wars escape pod so let's get into it sit tight another happy landing all right, we got Blake in the Escape Pod with us today to chat all about uh, just what I was talking about there the intro. Uh, 2020 in a recap: uh, what is coming out? What have you missed? Uh, you know, wh- just a look back. You know, it's one last look before 2020 has gone. And uh, there's plenty of Star Wars stuff to chat about. I mean, arguably we had a busier year this year with Star Wars content than we have in the last five or six years. So, I mean, you know, let let's get into it. Blake, you're right here with us in the Escape Pod. How you doing, man? Welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, man. Thanks for, thanks for letting me be here tonight. And happy to join you. Happy to be your
0: sidekick for the evening. Oh, man. It's always a pleasure having you back. We're going to be chatting all about the stuff that's been coming out this past year, right down to uh, the comic books and, and all that stuff. I, I'll skip over some of the minute things like some of the action figure releases and stuff like that. I, I can't keep track of all that kind of stuff, but I was able to find reference for, uh, uh, for a lot of the bigger things. So we, we got plenty. Oh,
1: I'll, don't pass over all of them. Cause let's not forget there was a,
0: Life-size, extremely high detailed. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. Yep. Don't forget that one. <laughs> Can't forget that one. I'm just adding it into the list here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so it's been a crazy year. Uh, gotta be honest, it's it's been it's been weird. It's been real. Uh, you say that,
1: but I feel like I don't leave my house any more than I would any other year.
0: Yeah, you know, you know. Well, we're we're, diff- we're a different kind of folk, all right. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, the, in in the words of Sheldon Cooper, ma- mankind has has spent many many thousands of years perfecting inside. I mean, why would we go outside, right? Yeah, so, it's exactly it. Uh, we're really uh, yeah. putting
1: it to the test this year. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thankfully, we had lots and lots of Star
0: Wars content to get us through the year, so we didn't have an excuse to leave anyway. Yeah, no, actually, well, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, because I was, I was going to say, despite all the, the garbage that I guess a lot of us have had to, you know, sit through and read the news and all that stuff, like, you know, it, it gets depressing, right? Yeah. But uh, as, a, as a Star Wars fan, I feel like we had just as much, if not the same level uh, of of Star Wars hype that we have had in any other year. I mean, yep. like, there's been a lot of cool stuff that we've been able to, and more to digest more content yeah. than
1: any other year, which is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. How much wonder Disney created this pandemic so everyone would be forces at home
0: and watch their material. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll be the next conspiracy. <laughs> like, it's, this is all. This has all been for marketing Disney That's Plus. Right. <laughs> yeah staying at home watching disney plus it's all it's all been an expensive elaborate timing yeah exactly but i mean yeah to to be fair we did miss out on a few things this year i mean this was going to be uh the next big star wars celebration because uh of course this year being 2020 of course we celebrated empire 40. And uh, with that, they also released uh, the second A Certain Point of View book, which uh, re-narrated the whole film from different characters chapter by chapter throughout the whole movie. And they did that when A New Hope came out. And you and I were actually down at in Florida for, for that celebration, celebrating yeah, A true. New Hope for 40, 40 years of episode four. So this year would, would have been the next big 40th anniversary for episode five, and it sucks that of course, we couldn't celebrate that because, uh, you know, Empire remains to be many people's favorite Star Wars movie. So, Oh, absolutely. Uh, I wonder, that. Yeah.
1: are they going to push it or are they like, so, I, I wonder why they didn't just do a digital thing, but maybe well, they, they wanted to wait till they could do it in person.
0: I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do a big online digital event like, uh, like I tuned into the DC uh, universe or the DC fandom which was kind of dc's online convention that they did and they they announced like all their stuff like then uh at that point and they didn't do the online comic-con one but i feel like dc fandom honestly almost had more hype than the online comic-con did and a lot of cool dc news came out uh in in that fandom event including the the announcement of Zack snyder's uh justice league you know whether you like that or not mm-hmm. uh you know it, it, they they did all of these cool like announcements like big stuff right and and i was like oh how cool would it be if like they did celebration online like that but they didn't like i think we got like a couple of videos of dropped on the youtube channel and then star had a couple announcements that they made and you know it, these things made their way onto other blogger websites and stuff like that which which then further elaborated but uh, it really wasn't anything special. Like they, they also had an online store, which I think was available for for those couple of weeks, and that was it. Like like they basically just said, uh, "Next celebration is going to be either uh, next year or the year after or something like that." And and okay. uh, this this year was basically just a dead dead celebration. So uh, unfortunately. Mm. Didn't happen, uh, and, you know, and and the fact that it's just been postponed. Essentially, it's just been canceled because we would have yeah. had the the next uh, one anyways. It makes so, me
1: wonder then if because we got massive announcements of new shows and films coming out. I bet they would have announced all of this stuff at Celebration.
0: Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder because Celebration was, uh, I believe, it was supposed to happen in in the summer, but uh, a lot of this stuff they they saved for the Disney investors conference so yeah it, do, it does make me think um what would have what would have actually been announced if if they announced anything more because of course the bad batch announcement came out earlier this year Yep, and uh and so it makes me wonder if there was going to be any other things that they would have brought up and then they were like ah let's just save it for for fall you know, that way we have a big slew of new things to Yeah, but it could to, be maybe stuff wasn't confirmed yet at that point either. They're still playing around with which ideas to go with. Yeah. It's it's all about the money too, right? So like you know, they, they sometimes they announce these things timely with even just down to like The stock value and everything, right? Like they're like, oh, if we wait, if we wait so long for an announcement like this, you know, maybe our it'll affect our stock prices in a better way. If we save this announcement for the fall when we're expecting this and this to happen, which will cause it to drop or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. At least they can keep it coasting. So I I don't know how it all works, but you know, they they decided to save it all for the investors conference, and I'm sure it benefits them greatly. Yeah, um, I mean, it makes sense because that's just going to make stocks go up, right? They need to—they need a
1: reason for people yeah. to, for the wealthy to stay invested with, with Disney through this whole thing. Because obviously that stock. the parks have been down. I just thought of another conspiracy. Maybe right. Disney did make the virus because Star Wars land wasn't doing very well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing's covered Galax, up Edge <laughs> is, right. isn't doing well. Everybody, we got we got to really stay home, <laughs> stay home and watch our movies. <laughs> that's <all> right. <laughs> it's
1: like, like, man, I was so excited when they announced that, and then I just heard like review after review of like, don't bother. <laughs> that's pretty sad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it sucks because I guess the only normal months, I guess, on a global scale that we kind of had was. Uh, January through mid March, and and that was it. Like we got like, and you know, depending on where you are, uh, if winter hit, I mean, you probably wouldn't be going driving outside too much in January or or whatever either. No, just be just be locals. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And for theme parks like that, it's like it's it's definitely mostly locals, and nobody's nobody's going on big vacations like in awkward times of the year like that. Uh, So. They they have definitely been hit hard uh, in the theme parks and stuff like that and, and you know and actually that brings me on to my next bit of news uh, uh, the rise of the resistance r- uh, ride which was the the second expansion ride onto Galaxy's Edge opened up uh, in Disneyland I think it was in in it was in January I think uh, and, and this is the one that already existed in Florida uh, but uh, that final California expansion was was ready to go. And then COVID hit, and it's like right. I felt like nobody was able to properly enjoy. It. And and I did know people who went to Galaxy's Edge last year in Christmas, and uh, I mean, I guess I guess the news just didn't didn't reach everybody that this ride wasn't open yet. But you know, yeah. obviously, it's like well, nobody's gonna wait a full year to. You know, go on vacation the next year, right? Just to use one ride. So grand opening, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was
1: surprised, but I I almost went for the grand opening, but then when I realized that it technically wasn't finished, (laughs) yeah, I decided, uh, you know, I'm just gonna wait.
0: Well, I remember like you and I talked about that, you know, going again, and and it's like, well, let's just wait until everything's open and until the rush is gone, then we'll then we'll enjoy it. Yeah, because it's uh, not a
1: simple trip unless you're local, right? So like we would have to fly halfway across. The continent to get there, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, it's just and it's no it's no small amount of money to get there in the first place. I mean, it's okay, but it's like it, it, for the average person, a couple hundred bucks for flights in the hotel. It's it's not exactly the cheapest trip to go. It's it, it is if you're one person going with a buddy or, or two, but uh, you know, going as a small family or or you know, even even as a, a couple that one person would have to pay for. It gets pricey so uh you know it's like you know it makes sense and especially around christmas like it, it gets it, the the prices are peaked a little bit for the hotels and stuff like that and uh you know it's just like for me it's like i'm glad that we waited because i, I feel like the next time we go it's like you know what mm-hmm. everything's going to be open they've worked out the yeah. kinks all the droids are going to be walking around and doing their thing. Uh, whereas before, I think they were pulling them from the park because they had too many people in Galaxy's Edge, so there oh, was really no room. okay. Yeah, by that. yeah, there was no room for these droids to just they wander around by themselves. <laughs> yeah, so they actually pulled them from the park, and it's like, well, that is just, it just affects the experience at that point. So, uh, you know, why bother? And, and then by the time the next time we go, there's going to be more lightsabers to choose from, and you know, RGB color changing blades that we get the option with. You know, just stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm looking forward to... Hopefully by then,
1: they'll also have a few more rides. So, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it would, for sure. Yeah, hopefully they decide to... You know, maybe even have something new. I know the Florida one has that that option of staying in that crazy resort where it's also part of the Star Wars experience. Oh, and it right. Makes you yeah, feel. honestly, that yeah. was
1: probably the coolest part from what I read. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, well, that I mean, Sleeping. between the
0: two, between the two uh, <laughs> parks. I mean, I, I honestly, I got I, sorry to everyone living in California listening to you right now, but I got to say, like Florida, like Disney World, that's that's my place to go. Like, I, I enjoyed my <laughs> we, experience. We don't we want the whole kingdom yeah exactly we don't want just the land we want the whole world man we want the whole (laughs) disney world the whole the whole experience and you know i feel like there's just it's just so much bigger and because i'm not nostalgic about disneyland which i know a lot of people who prefer that one like it because of nostalgia reasons uh i'm not like that with a theme park it's like for me it's like bigger the better uh so you know florida's the place to go and they're exclusively getting this starship kind of experience where you go and stay in a hotel that looks like a part of the, the whole experience, like your whole room and everything is like a inside of like the ghost, right? You get like a proper bunk, like in, in like a ship kind of thing. And you yeah. look out the window and you see space and That's pretty all cool. that stuff, yeah.
1: If they expanded that and they had like an Imperial room and they had a, a like a rebel room, maybe a Jedi temple room yeah. Which one would you go for? Yeah. I feel like I already know uh, because the last one I said.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I would totally go for the Jedi Temple room, honestly. But, but. But the thing is,
1: have you actually read into the Jedi Temple rooms what they're like? It's just like a box that's a bed in a bare room. <laughs> And
0: like, it's like the biggest trick in the book. Yeah, it's there's like the nothing easier. in there because they're not yeah. allowed
1: to own anything.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like it's like the market of that now It's like this is the authentic yeah, Jedi experience. experience. <laughs> you know, you go you go in there there's and just it's just like a box and a bed, <laughs> <laughs> like a single mattress on the floor. Oh man, <laughs> that's
1: what it's oh. like. If you've ever read the novels, that's what it is because they yeah. can't own anything.
0: And the best part would be it's like, Oh but but where does my wife sleep? It's like, Oh thou shall not love and like, like they slam There's the door no is winters. like yeah you're you're on your own buddy Even adjoining room that auto locks at night so you can't get through yeah <laughs> security cams making yeah. sure that you're you're, you're in yeah. your own bedroom oh yeah. my goodness oh, this is, no Hank, uh, hanky in this section yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so uh,
1: that was so funny so, dude i would so
0: go for that oh man that would make a great like par- parody marketing video you yeah. Uh, they'll all secretive so
1: like in the advertisement they make it all mysterious so you're not allowed to see what it is till you get there and you've already paid for it
0: <laughs> just see like the raw reaction of people's faces in the video oh man um, oh my goodness all right so uh, so we had um, I mean just uh, I, I want to get through the sad news here but um there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who passed away this year. Yeah. That obviously had some big involvement with Star Wars. I mean, uh, getting through um, uh, some some more of the notable ones. I mean, we had David Prowse, Jeremy Bullock, Max von Sydow, uh, and Wilford Brimley. If if any of you saw Ewok Adventures, uh, uh, he was uh, he played the character of Noah and uh, we had some uh, people who worked for uh, even the model shop and ilm and other people we had ron cobb grant uh imahara joe Sinnott, juan gimenez alan harris andrew jack malcolm dixon kirby morrow and jay benedict uh, which Jeez, all sadly is a huge passed list. Away. yes and three of those names have passed away because of COVID 19. so uh big list this year obviously like you know jeremy bullock and David Prowse passing away within two weeks of each other, which is yeah. crazy. But, uh, you know, it's just all these people. I mean, it's 40 years past Empire. It's like all these people are getting they're to that their point age. in life. Yeah, and, yeah, it just makes you wonder. It's like, when is James Earl Jones going to, like, you know, let's let's
1: not even test that i don't want
0: uh, to yeah i mean like the guy is a gem and and we're getting kenobi and and you know we know that Hayden is coming back to play the role of darth vader and and i'm only assuming that james earl jones planning to do the voice for this character again uh he he did the character in star wars rebels he's done vader in the prequels and the original trilogy i mean like this guy is the voice of darth vader like uh but it's so easy to 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 well, it's it, it's not easy to think about, but it's it's like it's just so easy to forget, I guess, that these people are the age that they are, you know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Pretty
1: much everyone from the original trilogy is up there, right? Like,
0: yeah, Anthony Daniel's, honest, even Harrison Ford's no spring chicken. So. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's it it it's had me worried for the last five. years selfishly, that's like, I want that next Indiana Jones movie. But I mean, the, the poor guy has been busy with the sequels and, and, and all this and that. And, and, and I know they, they, when they bought Luke's film, when Disney bought Luke's film, they, they did say, we're going to do another Indiana Jones movie. It's going to be just one. We're going to do that with, with Harrison Ford. It's going to be the final chapter for, for Indiana Jones.
1: We'll see if, if they do it right this time, because in the last movie, you could tell that's what they tried to do. They tried to hand it off. But it just did not work,
0: right? With Shia LaBeouf's character. Shia right?
1: LaBeouf, yeah. I think he was supposed to pick up the torch and do some more movies, but then the fan backlash of that movie just didn't go well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really didn't. Um, and, you know, and it's I don't know. Like, what's your opinion on Shia LaBeouf's character? Like, did you did you not <laughs> like him, or did you like him?
1: I didn't have a problem with Shia LaBeouf in that movie, and I thought they more researched- the plot
0: right. More the not plot of the even movie.
1: entirely the plot. It's to me, they didn't actually execute the movie correctly. Hmm. So I.
0: Yeah, because, you know, kind I, I, of I'm
1: on board f- with the alien thing. Like, I'm not as concerned about that. To me, because that. I would have preferred something that's a little more. Uh, in line with like the whole magical it's, aspect of the other two Historical
0: movies. and stuff, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, this this was historical too with the Crystal Skull. So it's all real. That's all real thing. It's all from the Mind Temples. That was all legit. So that's actually part of the movie that I liked. The thing that I didn't like was they added all these really weird cartoony moments that just didn't belong to Indiana Jones. Hmm. Like the dancing gophers. Like Shia LaBeouf swinging with monkeys. And then... <laughs> The scene, how it came out, where Charlotte where LaBeouf was fencing through the yeah. forest, that part I didn't like. How it was executed. If it was more like an old school style, like it was in the original movies from the 80s, where Harrison Ford, for example, was like fighting on the tank. If it was more like that, that'd be fine. But it just kind of mm-hmm. came off as too cartoony. Yeah, then, I
0: think I know what you mean. It was it was more like the cinematography of, of yeah, like the shots. And you could and tell stuff.
1: It, the reason why yeah. it came out that way is because they were trying to do CG, obviously, because that's what everything is these days. But they shot it in ways that the CG would work. Whereas I think a lot of that stuff would better if they just made a set and worked around the set because a lot of that the trying to hide the stuff that doesn't look real tends to. Look better in the end, anyway. Look at Jaws, yeah. for example, right? Right. Yeah. So, so to me, it was more a lot of the smaller details just made it not feel like Indiana Jones.
0: That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with with that too. Uh, it's not exactly that I hate Shia LaBeouf's character either, like or the actor. I mean, I think honestly, I think he's a great actor. I yeah. think I think he's, I, he's, I like he's an awesome too. like yeah. the, the character of this yeah, like, like
1: rebellious greaser character from the fifties who Indy's yeah. to deal with actually is a, It's a cool character that I actually think does fit into that universe.
0: And and I liked the whole dynamic between him and Indy, where he's always telling him to go back to school, and you know, it it just made so much, uh, you know, right. that classic kind of father son like yeah. highly educated guy who's a professor, and he's got this rebellious kid who doesn't want to follow in his footsteps, kind of thing. But there's this kind of fateful connection, regardless. Uh, so yeah, like I I've, I always liked that part of the film. Uh, the plot, I was like, I was like kind of. More meh on. Um, I don't hate it, but uh, I definitely would have preferred something like uh, like what one of the video games did. I think they, they, they based the plot on uh, the Staff of Kings or something. Yeah. Uh, um, it was yeah. like Moses' Staff or something staff, like that. Which was really yes.
1: cool. I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, us in the West have a bias towards like Christian artifacts because we have more of a, yeah. more understanding and a connection to that. Like if you ask anybody, at least anyone yeah, I sure. know, no one says their favorite is Temple of Doom.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, for sure. The the ones that do better have always been like the, I, yeah, the Christian artifact films. Yeah. And, even you know, if,
1: if they did one in like ancient China or something too, I think that'd be cool. Or like Japan.
0: Right. Yeah, it could be interesting for sure. Like I, there's a lot of, a lot of potential and they ended up going with the Mayan yeah. crystal skull thing, which I was like, okay, well. You know, at the very end when you see the UFO take off, I was like, "This doesn't really feel like Indiana Jones." But <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I could have done uh, without the
1: takeoff part. I, agree with I could
0: have. I could have done without that too. But yeah, Um uh yeah. Anyway, uh so back to Star Wars stuff here. Uh, <laughs> we bad. had, we had. I don't know if you'll have much to say on this, but uh we had the end of uh Resistance season two uh, premiere in uh, early. Of uh, early 2020, between January and February, I think it was that uh, Resistance season two kind of finished up. Uh, did you Did you end up watching that show? Or
1: uh... I watched a lot of it. I still have a few episodes left. To be honest, I got distracted watching other stuff. Hmm. Uh, I do plan to finish it, and I did read a little bit on the ending here. So I see that uh, the main characters finally reunited. Right. I'm pretty close. I think we've only got a handful of episodes left. Uh, Did you finish it?
0: I I did, yeah. I I, I watched them as they came out. And uh, it it was from beginning to end. Honestly, I can't be too harsh on this show because, like, I mean, obviously, like, I'm a massive Clone Wars fan. So taking a, a step down to Rebels, and I call it a step down because the age rating of the show had to take a hit because they premiered on Disney XD as opposed to Cartoon Network. So the violence took a massive hit when it came to that show. Uh, The animation, though, remained pretty smooth, really, really nice still. But I think the mass scale of like the battles and everything and a lot of the effects, I think it was a smaller budget. Uh, You know, like just in general, I I think Rebels never really lived up to Clone Wars for me. Uh, and, and then going to resistance being the third animated show, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, no, <laughs> like, come on I, I Dave, what that. are you doing, man? Uh, but I would actually
1: give resistance a little bit of, uh, leeway just because what they went for to me felt more like a show that I actually watched as a, a kid in like the late nineties, early two thousands. So yeah. it had almost like a little bit of like a nostalgic kind of side to it for me. So there's certain parts that I really liked. Like I, fair. it's probably the cartooniness. It's a lot more cartoony than the other mm-hmm.
0: shows. Like it really embraced the, the, the George style slapstick humor.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm actually blanking on the, uh, the alien guy's name, but I enjoyed him immensely.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and the actor who, who plays that alien guy uh, man, what what you're talking about the green the green guy right? Yeah, we gotta look uh, up his names. Yeah, no, he, yeah, I totally forget his name now. Oh my goodness, it's been almost a, a solid year since I last saw the show. But uh, it's it, he um, he's played by an actor who play who plays he plays those super nerdy characters all the time on on like a show or or film or something like that. I forget the guy's name, but um, he he does a great job. It, fantastic. I'm just casting. picturing
1: like Moss now
0: yeah almost like Niku. moss yeah almost His like Nico, right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, he was so- my
1: favorite character because like uh, he was so quirky i just really enjoyed him he he felt like he was trying to go for like a, a jar jar but he didn't come across quite quite as incompetent you know what right. I mean? like he yeah. had a lot of charm to him for sure
0: yeah like- and he, he still had some skills to him that were pretty you know <laughs> admirable i guess like he was really good at his job yeah is, he was I actually guess. he was a, a
1: very competent engineer
0: yeah 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 exactly so um he's voiced by uh Josh Brenner uh that's that's his name so uh Josh Brenner is um he was in uh he played he, the only thing i can namely kind of oh I'm, tell i tell you he was i recognize him yeah, yeah. So so the only thing I can namely kind of say is, that I recognize him from is the internship. And uh, he was also in an episode of... Uh, the Big Bang Theory. Uh, he played Stewart's comic book store uh, replacement at the cashier, who didn't know how to do a return when when Leonard brings his box of uh, wild Wild West cards or whatever in, in to return it. Uh, and he he's like, uh, "Stewart's out," <laughs> and you know, I didn't know how to do it. I don't do returns. They're hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so he, that's that, that was him um
1: yeah so he, but, basically he's he got a, a bit of a trope character that he plays
0: yeah yeah he's always kind of that kind of character so um yeah but he, he did a great job at that at that role so anyway so we got the the ending to that series and uh yeah like i said like i can't judge it too harshly it was okay uh you know it fits between uh b- well it fits starting from season one it, it starts prior to force awakens follows yep. a unique uh cast and kind of wee- a lot of really it, cool designs i thought into the star wars universe like, yeah uh, yeah for sure yeah it did some of the ships and everything
1: yeah like actually the the main ship that they're on that's uh uh the a name for it but it's actually like it's like a big huge docking space station for like refilling is like a refilling station
0: yeah uh, uh, it, that was super cool yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was called the Titan. So that's the, the, the type of ship it is. The t- uh, Titan was a. It was like a, a. I think it was some sort of. Um, I think it was called Titan, or or maybe it was, maybe it was called. Or, sorry, the Colossus, not the Titan. Uh, it, it was called the Colossus. That's it. And the, yeah, that's yes, it. And the Colossus is, is like a, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, yeah, like a refueling station that, that was parked in the water. And it's not until like halfway through the show that it, you, you realize it's, it's actually ship. like a ship. Yeah. yeah and that, it actually I thought comes that was out. so
1: cool. That was, a, that was yeah. a very Dave Filoni move and I loved every minute of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was very, it was very well thought of. Um, so there were some things in that show that I really, I could get on board with quite a bit. But uh, the general, I think, age target of the of the show is what took a hit for me. But obviously, I mean, I'm not, I'm not eight, so <laughs> I, mean, I can't exactly say uh, that. You know, I can't, I can't judge it too harshly here. But yeah, but yeah,
1: fair. if we have any eight year old fans, please uh, reply on Twitter of what you thought about this show. <laughs> Please, get your uh, parents'
0: t- permission yeah. to get a Twitter account yeah. and let us know at SWSK Podcast. That's right. Please tell
1: Josh a new one of how this was the greatest show ever created. Yeah, and it's please. Much better than
0: Clone Wars. <laughs> please give me the rundown. Uh, so we had the Rise of Skywalker expanded edition novel come out this year, as well as a junior adaption, which both elaborated on the film. Uh, in a book format. I, I never actually read either of them myself, but Honestly, uh,
1: I've been trying to get through the novelizations of the films, and it is yeah. actually really hard to do, to be honest. You're not <laughs> like, a huge fan of them. Well, the problem is because I already know the story pretty well. It's hard for me to stay invested when mm-hmm. I can just go watch the movie and I kind of know what's going on. Like some of the filler details and right. stuff are, are nice, but I just found myself zoning out more than i do with new media right yeah no it makes fact, sense my my favorite my favorite uh story to do with this was i was actually camping i think it was this year it might have been last year and i was listening to the last jedi novelization and right. i was on like chapter two or three and like not that far in it was at night and i was uh, listening to it as i was falling asleep And I was extra tired because we were camping. And I just, like, passed out immediately. Mm. And then I woke up at, like... Maybe like 6 a.m. the next day, and I realized they've just been playing like the entire time. And I had absolutely no idea where I was in the book. And like, I was like 30 chapters in. Oh,
0: (laughs) it sounds like you reached Canto Bite and then passed out or something. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah,
1: Um, I I, I never went back. I never listened to it again after that. I, (laughs) I,
0: I, I haven't actually gotten through any of the new uh novelizations i i think actually come to think of it i think the only novelization i've ever read or listened to is uh the unabridged attack of the clones i think that's the only one that i've actually gone through uh it was the phantom
1: menace to be honest
0: uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess when I chose the audiobook, uh, I was, I think I was like, this was when I was like 13 or something like that. And, you know, I had an audible credit and uh, I, th- I guess attack of the clones was the first one on my mind. So, uh, mm. you know, I, I, I got that one, but yeah, it's, it, I, I don't, obviously I, it's been a long time since I listened to it. Uh, but I don't remember hating it. And I remember many, many people really loving the revenge of the Sith novelization. Um, and, uh, to this day, I think with Disney, you know, behind the movies and stuff like that, naturally they've, they've kind of found a way to market the novelizations as something that even if you go see the film, it's like, Oh, here's the extra story. And it's like this, so they've been labeling all the novelizations as the expanded edition. Yeah. Um, and it's a brilliant marketeering scheme, you know, that's for sure. But Really and truly, when it comes to Star Wars, the films are the pillars of canon. Yeah. So, so even really if they contradicts, you're saying. Well, it, well, and, and Disney has been extra careful not to have the novelization contradict the film. But uh, for me, what when if,
1: I, and I don't know if this happened or not. What if a novelization adds something that is then contradicted by the following movie?
0: That is. Uh, a more likely thing to happen and it's not like we haven't seen it before i mean we've seen it (laughs) Within within in, in, <laughs> we've seen it within the movies themselves <laughs> within the within the sequel trilogy yep yeah. uh and and you know it's a blaring it's blaring stuff to look at but but yeah it, it's even arguably if you're a big advocate for reading novelizations it's even more blaring if you're seeing the text on the page and you know of uh, reading reading it that way and then seeing the next book and going hey this doesn't make any sense so uh, yeah i mean Obviously, they try to avoid it, but uh, sometimes like once it's printed, it's printed. Um, But yeah, for me, the films have always been the pillars of canon. The novelizations have always been this thing that kind of goes to the side as far as like.
1: That's a very George Lucas canon structure. uh,
0: It is. Yeah, it's in line with that for sure. And it's not to say that any of the Star Wars books that have been coming out have been any less canon than the films are. But with the films, it's like those are the things that that the whole franchise is based on right this whole franchise was was started because of a movie it's it's the way that that things have been going consistently since since uh, 1977 is like star wars is based on the episodes right so you look at those pillars i like i don't even think twice about the novelizations of those movies at all when i think of star wars like i think of the movies and then i think of all these other books that go supporting those stories and then i think of like you know, the other things like the comics and mm-hmm. uh well oh, and of course the the live action and, and animated shows now which which I would say are in line perfectly with the films as far as yeah, canonicity. I would say, yeah goes. they're
1: they're top tier canon, including the yeah. animated shows.
0: It, yeah, and when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they 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 did specify. They said we're we're branding the expanded universe as Star Wars Legends, and we are building off of the existing canonicity that George has left behind, as the six Star Wars films and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Like that's exactly what the blog article read when they announced this whole decision to make an expanded universe separate as far as Legends goes, uh, and to kind of more or less clarify that line. Uh, because let's let's face it, the expanded universe has always been something that George didn't really care about. If he wanted to change stuff, right? He never looked at no, that as canon.
1: He, he just like if he had new stuff coming out, he would just go go over it. I mean, yeah, exactly. A, a yeah. good example is when the prequels came out.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, so I mean, it's not like uh, anyone can. I mean, I know we all were pretty upset that we wouldn't be getting more continuity on those stories.
1: Yeah, uh, because I will say I am in the boat where I'm. I'm disappointed that we didn't get uh, stories that had to do very much so with the original EU uh, directly after Return of the Jedi, the original Thrawn story, Mara Jade, that sort of thing. I really liked those stories quite a lot, and I I was looking at the news. Literally daily, actually, come to think of it. it, was every day on my way to work. I would look up Star Wars News.com and all the other uh, oh, leakers, and I'll be looking for constant news of spottings of who's being casted for Barrett Jade for the new sequel trilogy. And
0: yeah, yeah. They, I,
1: they had some rumors, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but uh, they didn't pan out.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, this is going back, of course, to like 2012, I think, or 2013. Uh, and I think a lot of us were hoping that those Timothy it's like Zahn books were 2014, I think, because the movie was twenty fifteen. Yeah, and and you know the Timothy Zahn books being *Heir to the Empire* and and uh, *Dark Force Rising* and *The Last Command*—like the, the, the these three books were were incredibly iconic and arguably were the reason why the expanded universe, uh, aka *Star Wars Legends*, were were such a big hit going forward because. Uh, a lot of the future post Return of the Jedi content, like all the books and stuff, the, they're based on that trilogy of books. And and not only that, but I mean, Thrawn being such an iconic character was one of the few that Disney has brought back into canon. Yeah. Uh, in the he in just, the he new he current fits, stuff, he fits and, so well, especially in that yes. time
1: zone. That it is something. He's a character that's very menacing, and he's mm. not a force user, so it doesn't really contradict with anything that's happened before.
0: Exactly. And, and, you know, and even bringing him back into the canon, it's like, oh, well, let's flex his time period a little bit. So he exists in this other period here, which is before episode four. So they stuck him in Star Wars Rebels. They got Timothy Zahn to start writing new books based on that character. And that actually uh, plugs right into the next bit of news here. So this year we had Thrawn ascendancy book one of a new trilogy. uh, And this one was called Chaos Rising. Uh, So previously in the last couple years, we had a a new Thrawn trilogy, which kind of sidelined the Star Wars Rebels storyline. This trilogy of books is a prequel to that trilogy, which will take place. uh, It's like in the past uh, when Thrawn is actually still part of the, the Chiss ascendancy and it's his kind of rise to power in that on that planet and like in that unknown region space kind of thing so it's it's the first of three and and we got the first one this year i haven't read it yet uh but there's been a lot of people who've been uh, um you know pretty excited uh, uh, as far as kind of where it's where the story's going that's and cool. um and of course now we've, way more
1: uh now in this series i will say there's at least mm-hmm. one positive thing on top of the fact they got timothy Son to to do it if it wasn't yeah. him i wouldn't have really right. with the storyline but uh we're getting a lot more detail and a lot more of the character in this new canonized version of him so there's that
0: yeah yeah for sure and now it's it's very likely that we're gonna have a live action version of this character show up thanks to shows like the mandalorian uh and and you know the plan with the man Mandal- with the mandalorian i mean i mean this kind of this is kind of a look forward thing that we'll bring up later but with all the new shows announced. Uh, the live-action Ahsoka show, which will be a limited run, plus Rangers of the New Republic, and Should then Mandalorian a- season three are all going to be uh, intertwined together, uh, and then we'll conclude in this cinematic conclusion event, which I can only think of would be where Thrawn. this char- character shows up, right? Which yeah, is like Thrawn. It's too
1: so, the only thing I would would make me question that is he's technically already been this cinematic. Finale for the rebels program, so I don't know if they would do it again. Mm-hmm. I would hope so because he's the perfect character for it. It wouldn't and
0: bother me at all. No, I would, would love to see him in live action. Yeah,
1: and working with Ahsoka, it makes even more sense because she's already after him anyway.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, and now we're we're getting to that point where it's like where it's like this visualized dream of that original heir to the empire story of Thrawn and younger Luke and everything. We've got younger Luke now, like, like this is all coming together. It's like, I mean, I would freak out if we had a live action Star Wars movie called "Heir to the Empire premiering on Disney Plus, like just a different story, not not based on the book, but like, you know, based on what they've now done in the current canon. Uh, But, you know, at least shares the title. That would be insane. Like I would I would just lose my mind over that news. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, did they ever hint at Thrawn being back? I'm trying to remember if uh, Ahsoka
0: yeah. yeah, Ahsoka Ahsoka when she fights the the magistrate or whatever, uh the the, the De Filoni's samurai episode, uh she she says, Where's your master? Where's Thrawn? And oh, right. then so and then, actually then it kind of cuts. Off. I
1: wasn't sure if it yeah. was like hinting towards him, but he, she didn't actually say the name. So she oh did. no,
0: yeah, she she straight up said it. And then and then uh, on all the droids as well around the magistrates place, uh they had Thrawn's logo on their chest uh of the uh the uh, the seventh fleet or something i forget the name of thrawn's fleet uh and now we've also got the dark troopers showing up which is very very thrawn uh the dark yeah, troopers was, did like EU, show up.
1: that wasn't a thrawn thing just
0: different. yeah and, and and it's easy to forget because it actually took uh, uh twitter to kind of help remind me that that the dark troopers had showed up before in Star Wars Rebels as like an animated version. And and they looked only slightly different, but the majority of their their look was actually the same. Uh, And so it's actually not the first time that we've seen the dark troopers. But in Rebels, they were never in in Rebels, they were never referred to as dark troopers. They were referred to as sentry droids. So that was the only the only difference. Um, Because
1: it's Gen 2 that is the suit.
0: Uh yeah so in the EU uh it, it, phase 1 was a droid phase 2 and 3 i believe were suits but uh phase 3 being like a hulkbuster style suit and in in the show the the cloner guy which i forget his name said that these these dark troopers were in the third phase so they're uh they're on and he said they're unmanned uh uh droid droid like things or whatever so it, they've almost flipped it they've to, this is now the phase three and it's a droid version whereas in the eu it, a phase three was a human version and I, I think way bigger so uh they've they've twisted the concept of the canon version of the dark trooper a little bit it doesn't bother me at all though i mean it's really cool to have dark troopers anyways yeah, like I showing up uh, yeah.
1: if they're gonna make phase two uh, a suit then
0: Yeah, it makes me wonder if they're going to just reverse it and have phase two showing up. Uh, Yeah, it's that's a that's that's a good point. Like, makes me wonder if we're ever going to see some of the older ones. But um, yeah, so we got uh, there was some other uh, new I mean, Solo and The Rise of Skywalker came to Disney Plus this year. Um, so, I mean, this year, yeah, so this year marked, uh, the year that they made the full transition from Netflix and, uh, you know, all star Wars movies can be found in one place. Uh, we also got a few more books. Uh, there was a clone wars book called stories of light and dark, which was a collection of short stories that were sprinkled through the clone wars. Uh, there was a prequel to queen's shadow. I believe it was called, and this one is called queen's peril uh both books are written by ek johnson and were based on uh padme amidala which uh, a lot of people were super excited for because you know padme being such a great character uh it's hard to find stuff regarding her and and um and now there's two books and hopefully we'll get a third one uh but uh those two actually remain to be aj's some of aj's favorite star wars books of all time so uh they're very very well yeah. yeah and he reads he reads uh almost more Star Wars books than, than I think the only person that reads more Star Wars books than AJ that I know is Ian and you know, our friend from the UK, he's been on the show before. Uh, I think he's read every single Star Wars book in Canon that has been released thus far. I
1: got to give mad props to him because that is a huge amount of time. (laughs) Like it's a lot.
0: Uh, And I've seen his collection and it's uh, like on, on video and uh, he's got every single this is something i gave up on is collecting all the hardcovers for or all the all the star wars canon books yeah but, you and i but,
1: were both doing that for uh, yeah for two i years, gave up on years? that
0: yeah yeah uh, it's just got too expensive man it, it, there's other yeah. things to collect and, and uh, besides i just i just didn't find myself going back and reading the books but uh, but yeah no, he, we he just he's got all them on the, the shelves, shelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and 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 Ian's got all the books, which is crazy. So I've always, you know, mad props to Ian for for being the guy to collect all that stuff. He's got the ultimate canon library. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we had those things. We also had a sequel to the Alphabet Squadron series called Shadowfall, uh, which uh, you know I think Bryce would actually really like that series because uh, the Alphabet Squadron series has been uh, ver- almost like in line with the X Wing book. So it's like based on a bunch of pilots, you know, uh, from, from the rebellion or, or whatever.
1: I love that uh, they're called alphabet squadron. I picture like toddlers, with blocks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the only reason why I haven't actually even bothered picking this and I know people have been saying it's actually pretty good, but it's written by Alexander freed and I still have PTSD from reading the first star Wars battlefront book, which was so oh, man. Me too hard to get through. I, I just, it, I don't know. I, it was so yeah. dry.
1: And it was funny because yeah. that that book and the Across the Stars book came out at roughly the same time. And, yeah. And the Battlefront book was advertised as this like hardcore, like battle, like yeah. gritty novel. And the Across but, the Stars was kind of like, like, like younger
0: readers. Younger yeah, it readers. was advertised
1: for like 13-year-olds for like people who yeah. are maybe like want their, they haven't had their Twilight love scene in a while. Yeah. And- I loved every minute of the Across the Stars, and I could not stand at all the Battlefront book. I I, I think I finished it, but it took me like three or four tries because I just just could not stay engaged. It took me a a while. And then forget everything that happened and have to start over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm in the exact same boat. Um, I mean, I, I actually think I finished Battlefront before you did, but, but I was, it was the same way for me as like, every time I put it down, I was like, Oh, I got to pick up this book because I bought it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, but yeah, Lost Stars was amazing. Just such a good book. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was it, it was in contrast to Battlefront, I think it was the star of that, the year that those two came out. It was, it was, it came out on top for sure. Uh, so, yeah, don't, anyone listening, don't underestimate the young adult and the younger reader books uh, published by Disney Publishing because I think those, there's the some gems adult, there.
1: Yeah, the, the adult authors try too hard to make their books for adults and it kind of ruins them.
0: Yeah, and we're specifically talking about the Del Rey books, right? Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, there's been some good ones as well. But I think in general, we had a conversation about this at one point. A lot of the new Star Wars books, aside from the Thrawn trilogies that we've been getting and and now the the uh, uh, Alphabet Squadron series, there really hasn't been what we had before in the EU where we had like 10 books in a series. And then, yeah, you know, like like the, the the legacy of the Jedi series and the, uh, and the. Um, the, the Fate of the Jedi series, which was like nine books or eight books or whatever. Like, yeah. you don't get that stuff anymore. It's all well, single book stories.
1: All those stories, the longer ones, I think they're putting all that in comics.
0: Yes, yeah. So all the longer narratives, I think, have been been designated for Marvel to kind of uh, do comic book stories for. It, which, you know, in one way, it's like okay, that's cool, but it's not like we didn't have comics before, which was doing the same thing from Dark Horse, right? Uh, yeah. But whatever. But anyway, so uh, there's another book called Poe Dameron Freefall. Fall. Uh, this is for junior readers, which uh, I, I highly doubt I'll ever get through that one. But you know, that's out there. Uh, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book series took a look at. Kind of the transition from Ben Solo to Kylo Ren, and, and give us a better idea as to like who Snoke was and how Snoke kind of got in his head and stuff is like that. Is that out? That uh, yes, the okay. it, the whole the whole trade paperback is out. So the the whole it was a mini comic book series. I think it was like four, maybe five issues, and uh the trade paperback edition is on the shelves. Um, and I've always been curious in picking that one up because um, I, you know I, it's not that I hate the character. Yeah, I don't like Force I, Awakens. I would actually say
1: he's the best character in the sequel trilogy.
0: I would say I would say so too. I think, and honestly, as much as I don't like uh, The Last Jedi, uh, well, as much as I don't like most any of those movies, um, like The Last Jedi did Ben Solo a huge favor. As much as that movie kind of gets general flack, um, I I really did like the narrative for him in that movie in particular. Like he was the star of that movie for me. Oh,
1: for sure. I yeah. would argue. Uh, Last Jedi as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like he was the highlight of that film, a hundred percent. And and I think like, um, you know, this this rise of Kylo Ren comic, um, it it almost. I think Last Jedi could have benefited if if that comic book came out sooner. Uh, But I can see that Lucasfilm tends to
1: be really overprotective with their storylines. They
0: don't don't Um, want to fill in the gaps too quickly. Yeah.
1: yeah, They don't want to release anything that'll give anything away. They like the idea that when you see the movie, everything's new. You have no idea what's leading up to it. There's been no spoilers, like even the small stuff, which can be a hindrance because this might make people like certain parts about the film better. If they have like a novel or comic book beforehand. Mm -hmm. So, and then when they do release stuff, they they clamp the authors down so much that they don't really give you anything you're interested in anyway.
0: so right. yeah, yeah, it's it is what it is. I mean, uh, we got well let's see, let's take a look here. we got uh, we got a new Darth Vader series uh, as well as a new Star Wars series set between five and six. Did you ever read the Darth Vader or Star Wars comic series from Marvel that took place after episode four? Or, or, I only, the, hmm. or the second Darth Vader. There's a second Darth Vader series that took place right after episode three.
1: I've only seen know. the first run. So the first volume or whatever they released. Okay. I've, I've only read through that section.
0: Is that the what? one after episode three or four?
1: It's after four. Gloom yeah, okay, okay. so so I guess it's that after was that, four. That was yeah. the
0: first one that they made, which was kind of a sideline story to the Star Wars series, which is ongoing for about nine volumes or, or 12 volumes or whatever. It went yeah, way too Yeah, I was long. Reading
1: both of those when they came out.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I only made it halfway through the Star Wars series, but eventually they capped it off. And now this year they kicked off a new Star Wars and Darth Vader series, which now takes place after episode five. So they're trying to fill that gap in. But hmm. what were you saying, Dr. Afra?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I remember her being introduced. I didn't get far enough for her to actually really mm-hmm. do anything, but I remember she was very yep. quickly becoming a very prominent character.
0: Yeah, and quickly becoming a fan favorite too. And and I remember when we were down at Star Wars Celebration, because the, these this character came out quite a while ago in that original run, uh, but we ended up buying uh, the Triple Zero and, and BT... I think yeah, it's BT1 remember uh, The remember Ko the uh statues from from Celebration uh, Orlando
1: yeah I remember and, you and I were waiting in line for so long we we're like determined to get these thinking they're gonna be like the best most valuable ones and then there's that one R4, R4 unit that was like really cheap and it yeah. just like completely surpassed anything else by a
0: lot it's so funny because bryce got, that one. Yeah, he got and so that one when we got back from the convention that 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 year we all looked up this stuff online because of course this was all limited edition stuff right so we we're like oh what's, what's it worth already right and I, I think ours was like it went from from being like 60 us or or whatever it was up to like uh, you know 100 bucks and and the, it was the two droids in the one pack And then Bryce got the R4 or R5 unit or whatever, the one that loses the bad motivator in episode four. And uh and his was like a hundred or two hundred dollars. It was like it was like double like the oh, value yeah. of ours. yeah, it just like, like
1: exploded. And his only yeah. cost like thirty bucks to purchase.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. His was like half the cost too. So it was so funny. Um, <laughs> like oh, was- i
1: should got that one. and You think about it, it's like of course his original trilogy. But we went, we fell for the advertising of the yeah. the new like evil version of R two and three. po Yeah, it,
0: we're like oh these are gonna be a huge yeah. hit. Like <laughs> and now when everyone
1: looks at our display cases are like. Well, what the heck are those? And of course yeah. everybody knows like the bad motivator droid.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows R5. Nobody knows ah, what Triple Zero is.
1: We played the fool.
0: Oh I man. <laughs> well, it's like he's such a good character though. Like, I mean when when you read the comics, uh oh you know you know the voice that I give uh uh triple zero when i read the comics is is HK the 47. exact no the really? uh, weird, weirdly enough is the exact voice that they give creepio in the oh. all knots youtube series <laughs> for the yeah, voiceovers I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah it's that voice that that's the voice in my head when when i read uh i read uh triple zero Talking about uh, you know skin useless organics and and you know like torturing for fun and all that stuff yeah he's he's a creepo but you might as well call him creepio because you yeah, know yeah it, it,
1: it really is just the same idea like, it's the same it's character yeah.
0: it's pretty awesome but uh, so there was other other uh, comics that came out this year the Doctor Afra series is ongoing. Um, And uh, there was a new series that launched called Bounty Hunters, which was uh, purely based around the scum and villainy around episode five. And uh, there was a a series for younger comic readers called Star Wars Adventures, which um, I don't even know how that thing works. They do random stories here and there across the whole the whole saga. But uh, that pretty much sums up all the comic stuff. We had Clone Wars Season 7 launch on Disney Plus. And this was pretty nuts because, I mean, I remember we were in the same room when the news came through that the Clone Wars was being canceled. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember. Do you remember my reaction at all? Like, I, I was just so
1: heartbroken <laughs> like that's, just a,
0: that's like, one way to put it yeah it's like it was christmas morning
1: and the tree started on fire and you didn't just lose your gifts but you lost the whole house <laughs>
0: and all the nostalgic ornaments and everything yeah just everything
1: <laughs> like you went from yeah. christmas morning getting the the you know the toy you always wanted to go and have to like
0: live on the street <laughs> Oh, it, it was devastating. Like, that's the only word that I can think of when Clone Wars was canceled back in 2014 or whatever, or 2013, I guess it was. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, I had a sour taste in my mouth when Rebels came out because I'm like, this yeah. is the show that replaced and, Clone and know, Wars. And I definitely <laughs>
1: noticed. Yeah, you were so bitter about everything that came out about that show. They put out a yeah. trailer and like we were maybe 15 seconds in and you're already complaining that the graphics were and the, like the uh, the renders were better in Clone Wars. Yeah it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it
0: looks so bad. It looks so much more basic. Where's the grit? <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, like I was so, I was so nasty towards Rebels, but I mean, I mean, now, now it's like, I mean, it, obviously it's ge- it's geared to a slightly younger age group being on Disney Plus, uh, XD, but, um, but yeah, there's something, honestly, there is something irreplaceable about Clone Wars. Like it's, there were so many fans petitioning to have the show back for years and they actually did it yeah. and, and it's, it's like not, it makes you think in retrospect see, it's like that was a better show like it always has been
1: yeah no it's true I think even Dave Filoni knows that like there, there was more there's more depth to it
0: yeah and and as well as to that I mean we had the the announcement of the Bad Batch which follows characters from the Clone Wars they kept the same visual style I You know, recently when they launched the trailer, it's it's very obvious this show overlaps with Revenge of the Sith and Clone Wars and continues Clone Wars as a narrative in a different show. Like this is just Clone Wars wrapped up in a new bow. Like it's a dream come true, right? Like it's a dream come true. And as a Clone Wars fan, this is everything I wanted. The only thing I could want more is the episodes we never got for Clone Wars finished. That's the only thing I would ever want to ask for. But I mean, Bad Batch is, is a pretty close second. And at least we got a finale for for the Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, so. honestly, I think that's going to be exactly what they're going to do. I think Disney realized that they made a terrible mistake canceling Clone Wars, which is funny because when they when they bought Star Wars, they just saw the massive price tag that Clone Wars cost, and were like, nope. We could do that for way cheaper, and yeah. I think they like burned a lot of fan bridges when they did that. There's so many people, you included, oh, yeah. that yeah. like when you saw that happen, you just you realize like Disney's gonna take what you love and just like burn it to the oh, ground. Yeah,
0: well, it was it was it was not that far uh, far far away from the same news that came out when they did announce publicly that they were rewriting episode seven and discarding george's outline like like yeah. this was this was public news that came out that that they said you know, we're taking it in a, a different creative decision or direction yeah uh and, and it was around the same around the same year or whatever that that this clone wars was, you know clone wars was canceled and and, and it was like what are they doing like yeah and at this point i hadn't seen anything not to mention star wars 1313 which still hasn't come out it was canceled and that was a game that many fans still want even today and and like so good all these things, dude. Like all these things happened at once, and 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 Clone Wars was like yeah. the, break, the breaking oh, straw, you know. And, and then so, they just
1: started pumping out stuff that just felt like cheap knockoffs of what we were. Oh looking yeah, for yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, the uh, first uh,
1: Star Wars Battlefront game. Like, don't get me wrong; it had some cool features and stuff. And like, as far as it being a Battlefront game to pick up after the other Battlefront games, it was, was bad. Just,
0: there wasn't a lot of depth to it. It was bad. Was it. Was HQ. good graphics. It was it was good Star Wars graphics yeah. on the current game with no depth to it at all there was no story yeah, there was no campaign exactly, yeah. it was on, well, online multiplayer only at battlefront 2 they fixed a yeah. lot of that stuff but uh but with the first one it was like this is the first star wars game that disney released you know and it's like it's yeah like, there's man, no like, story in a series that's about good story they weren't doing anything to get anyone's yeah. good graces back then and, and honestly if you ask me they're still trying to recover from that and despite Actually, all it, these new announcements that they've made they've started to repair things but that's it i mean i'm still i'm still trying to get over the sequels and just how upset i was with those but yeah
1: <laughs> well you know people who dislike the prequels are just getting over it now so give it 20 years
0: yeah i don't i don't even think they're getting over it i, th- I think it's a lifelong thing right like it's i am I'm, I'm almost accepting the fate of like being obsessed with you know, disliking those three movies, you know, the sequels that is for the rest of my life. Like <laughs> I want to like them, dude. Like, here's the thing. Like oh, they are sequels, right? Like they are sequels to the original Star Wars movies. Of course, I want to like them. They're not giving me any reason to like them. That's the, that's the problem that I've got with those films. And And, you know, the problem that I have is like that they stepped away from George's vision and narrative completely. And decided to go their own direction, and this is all in line with that first kind of, let's cancel this, let's cancel this, let's change this, let's change that, and and it was just like it was too much, and it's like, you know, and and Rise of Skywalker was the final, the the fi- the failure was complete, you know. Uh, to put it in the words of darth vader it's like you know now their failure is complete boom it's done we've got the sequel trilogy the way that they wanted it to be and that's it now we get to move on to some good stuff so i mean now we've got things like the mandalorian and 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 uh, you know crazy to think a live action ahsoka show and all this and that the acolyte high republic era show that's going to be sweet like we're going to yeah, get I'm, a ton of look good stuff to
1: that that's going to be super cool
0: yeah, so I mean, in line with Disney Plus announcements, to move on from, yeah. <laughs> from this subject, we yeah. had um, series. <laughs> we had we had the, of that too as well. I, I, I mean, and Hayden Christensen coming back—that is it's all good news. We had Mandalorian gallery content drop on Disney Plus this year as well, including uh, a season two recap uh, special, kind of behind the scenes look. Um, did you watch any of that stuff, or or? I didn't me?
1: know it existed till tonight when we were. I decided to look up what happened this year.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it's an awesome series. Like they have the round tables talking with all the directors through the season one ones. And they showed, you know, uh, a lot about uh, stagecraft and, you know, or the volume, I guess is what they call it. Um, And, uh, you know, all that stuff. It was very, very cool. You get to hear a lot of Dave Filoni. You get to hear a lot of Jon Favreau. Uh, And then they just on Christmas Day, they released a season two special add on to that series, which uh, covered uh, season two as far as behind the scenes content. So that was a a, a great show. And anyone looking to get more use out of their Disney Plus before WandaVision premieres uh, on the Marvel end of things, uh, you should watch uh, Mandalorian Gallery if you've seen Mandalorian, because it was it was a fantastic look at uh, a lot of the effort and and, you know, in, I guess, creativity that has gone into creating uh, a live action Star Wars show in, in the in the line of, I guess, what George would have done is create new technology to do this stuff. And and that's another thing. Like, I don't want to keep going back to the sequels, but that's another thing that makes this show so special is that this is the first time that Disney has put out a Star Wars content that has had to make new technology to achieve something that hasn't been done before and and that was something that a lot of the previous star wars movies have stood on as far as a a a, like a behind the scenes vfx pillar yeah you know the 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 prequels did a lot as far as uh,
1: as i'm sorry the originals as well right uh,
0: well yeah well the originals i mean going back that far we had like major improvements to how they did uh miniatures uh, um for you know, for, for film and and stuff like that. If you compare
1: the original trilogy to any other film of that era, the amount of like the effects
0: comparatively is insane. There's there's no no comparison. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's, like way better.
1: A New Hope came out the same year as the original Planet of the Apes movie. And Mm. if you watch those side by side, like your mind will just be blown.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's crazy how, how far it's come for sure. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and then taking those miniatures, uh, I mean, you can go into the whole history of what ILM kind of did after star Wars, but, uh, I mean, you know, you take all that stuff all the way up to the nineties where we had the special edition releases, the releases where they started tinkering around with CG and then going into the Phantom Menace, you had the best of both worlds. You had this new evolving CG uh, department um and then you had the perfection of miniature models and you know just artists that make yep. these giant you know scaled miniatures and you know seeing seeing things like the boon to eve pod racing set and yeah it's just exactly. insane like the level of detail and scale was just it, it it's not done anymore like people no, don't do that anymore so True, honestly uh, the only thing
1: comparable would have been uh the original Lord of the Rings movies, because they
0: did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Lord of the Rings uh, did the exact same thing as far as models go. In fact, some of their models were actually even bigger. Uh, oh, man. But, massive! Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, exact same kind of time period there, where you had the best, you had this this new kind of CG thing, but then you also had the miniature models, and then and then now with uh, w- well, and then going forward from Phantom Menace, you had Revenge of the Sith, which really took. It took environment stuff to the miniature scale, but it really perfected that CG kind of look, which became more modern, which was what we have today, even better. Um, You're
1: even skipping over
0: Attack of the Clones, which had the first one hundred
1: percent CG sequence, excluding actors, within a room Uh, just green screen.
0: That's true. Yeah, and and that movie was also the first one to uh to really uh push movies to switch to digital projectors because it was the first movie ever in history to be done on completely digital film like it wasn't on reels or anything like that. It was, it was completely shot digitally, edited digitally, uh, produced, uh, distributed digitally. And if a theater didn't have a digital projector, they couldn't play Star Wars. So, uh, you know, George changed the industry again in in the theaters. uh, That's right,
1: George, single-handedly increased the cost of your movie ticket.
0: That's right. That's right. He did. And uh, and, and also uh, THX, the, the sound system, you know, uh, that was also a Lucasfilm property, <laughs> which advanced uh, the, the quality of your theater's sound system. And that was something that uh, I think Ben Burt came up with uh, in the I think it was in the 90s or something like that when he went to see the special editions uh, in the theater. Um, I believe it was special editions. Uh, and or maybe it was actually maybe it was the original trilogy, but uh, whatever the case, <clears throat> that technology was built uh, as a service to uh, improve the level of audio that you listen to that you heard it, when you watched the movie in the theater, and and to this day, that has of course been translated into like Dolby Atmos and you yeah. know all the crazy audio all things you get today. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's right. All around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so uh, yeah it's crazy man like star wars literally has single-handedly changed the world i mean pixar yeah. was a lucasfilm company you know without pixar you wouldn't have half the disney movies you have today like so many things clone and
1: clone wars for tv pushed things right i mean they were yeah but
0: clone wars. And, and george always told dave he said to dave consistently he said the, when we do clone wars he said film it as if It was for the big screen you know like cinematically make this show as if it was going to be blown up on a screen that was the size of a building kind of thing and and that's you change it's for a director it's a different mindset because like you know then you're not filming a soap opera for for television you're filming a a cinematic scaled thing so you watch his his involvement like dave's involvement of like clone wars until season five is like season five rolls around and it's like you get the Battle of Mandalore and stuff, and it's just insane. Like the yeah, level of, some of those cinematic shots are so epic. Quality. Oh yeah. It's it's crazy. And it, like you see his his improvement as a as a director just like you know grow with that show and then getting translated into rebels and now into live action with Mandalorian and stuff. It, it's he's he's come a long way. Uh you know, and we all have good faith in Dave that he's gonna Bring a lot of good things to Star Wars going forward, but uh, yeah, yeah to, to bring it around though,
1: then if you compare that to the sequels, they didn't really push the envelope. No. I would say, like it, it looks, yeah. it looks very pretty. You know, everyone did a good job. There's a huge budget. Maybe the one thing they did was they brought back a lot of the practical effects, but it's not really as much of a step forward as a step back to realize that.
0: Yeah, it was a step cinema, back as far as nostalgia. Th- yeah.
1: It was a, it was a, a, I would say, good step back realizing that it shouldn't be 100 percent cg there's something that's lost and i'm glad that they did that Mm -hmm. but that's a much smaller step compared to everything else it's realizing that you know things have gone too far right and then the mandalorian as you're saying took the next big leap honestly across the board for, for cinema and tv bringing in this cool new like light stage setup for those of you who don't know what it is it's basically they take a like a set like if you think of a movie set except instead of it being a room with props and stuff, it's a, a a room that is entirely led lights and they project a image of the room. They want the actor to be in onto the lights. So you can kind of think of it almost like you're like a TV that is your, an entire room and it's all lined up to the camera. So as the camera moves, uh, the room will move with the cameras. You can't tell that you're in a fake room.
0: Yeah, it's like it's it's like a 360 degree screen that wraps around the set. So they have practical set elements in the middle of the room, and then the background instead of being a green screen, it's it's like a big LED wall. And and like as uh, with new, you know, graphics processing and everything, they're able to. You know change the layout of the environment like as they as you know if they want to move a, a wall or a mountain or or a ship or whatever they're able to do that on right there on the set and and they don't need to um they don't need to uh do that uh by shifting an entire massive practical building and uh, nor do they have no reference at all which they're trying to figure it all out in in post production so it's a really good cool way to kind of give the actors like a an onset vibe as to what they're actually looking at. And then later on, that's actually what shows up. Yeah, so.
1: it also allows all of the lighting from the set to be directly on the characters. So I think yeah. that's part of the reason why they made Mando's armor all shiny instead of painted is because right. you get all the real lighting that he, he would be in the CG room. But because it's it's set up with these these lights or these screens, you get mm-hmm. realistic lighting off of the armor. So right. all those reflections, that, that was actually there. That's not added to CG. That's, that was actually in the room.
0: Well, and of course, like, um, you know, this, this also affects in-canon events too. So like Beskar being this raw, shiny material, uh, this is now obviously changed from the visual aesthetic of what Django Fett's armor was, which was this kind of matte shine armor, which I believe was also it's also supposed to be Beskar, but um, it's got a different overall, like, kind of, sheen to it and and it's not as reflective which on attack of the clones you know of course this is going back all the way to the beginning of this digital technology they were filming on green and blue screen rooms right so you couldn't have a guy in metallic armor because then it would just reflect all the 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 green and the blue off back at the camera it would be it would be terrible so you know i think that's also why they kind of gave it that 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 uh kind of grayish kind of sheen to it uh yeah, without being so reflective good. yeah and then flash forward to to today's version of of mandalorian reflective like metal armor and you're actually able to get those real reflections that are coming from this stagecraft uh uh scene so uh yeah we, i guess we've talked about this quite a bit but um yeah for any of you guys just to recap watch the mandalorian gallery it's a great show on disney plus and uh season two just just uh dropped uh, behind the scenes on Christmas day. So we had that. Uh, We also had, did you ever watch Jedi Temple Challenge? It was the YouTube show. It was like a game show for kids. I did not see that. Nope. And Ahmed Best hosts the show.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Jar
0: Jar Binks. Yep. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks. So he plays a Jedi character uh, who to him, he says has some sort of relation to the cameo character that he plays in attack of the clones who shows up in the bar that Zam Weslow gets her hand chopped off by, by Kenobi. Uh, so he runs a game show for kids uh, where they, they have to uh, compete in pairs against each other to complete different challenges. And then the last uh, pair of, of kids gets uh I don't know that they, they win the game, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watched a couple episodes. I was like, man, I, if I was like eight or nine years old, I would love to do that thing. Like that, would, it looks so cool. But yeah, you know, of course, at this age, like I would own that set. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like the challenges are pretty. You know, they're 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 for little people. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's cool. I mean, they having the idea of a Star Wars game show. I was like, this is awesome. Like, if I was if I was eight or nine years old, I'd be loving this. I'd be watching every week um so you know that was a thing uh sims 4 which seems to be a never-ending game of dlc that's so
1: funny honestly that game um, when it came out it was like the 90s
0: oh sims yeah so yeah. sims 4 now they're on, on, only on the fourth version but that's because they constantly add on okay i i took a look at the dlc packs on on steam for sims 4 and uh the amount uh like the game actually is not that expensive there's Like over 20 different DLCs, all $20 or more for this game, like just for Sims 4. And this game came out ages ago. And more recently, they came out with a Star Wars DLC uh, in regards to Galaxy's Edge or Batuu. Uh, So they've transformed Sims 4 into a partially a Star Wars game now at this point. So that came out this year uh, in the fall or late summer. I forget which one it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've never actually played lengthy amounts of the Sims. I used to play a lot of the mobile apps when I had uh, an iPod, yeah. but um, it's funny, like a bunch
1: of friends of mine they would all play it because they liked like building houses and not mm. so much actually playing the game, so it would like build their right. own custom homes and stuff, but like
0: yeah place like the couches everywhere,
1: yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah, so with the Two expansion, I think there's some sort of narrative for the for the Sims that you can you make decisions for them and stuff. it, it kind of turns into a bit of an RPG game, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it's I was like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. Uh, we had an expansion to the Old Republic, Onslaught, Echoes of Vengeance, another game that has been going forever. Uh, I you know I couldn't really get into Old Republic. I, I've had a character or two. I could never get into the the MMOs. I just don't have the patience for them. But. No,
1: that's fair. I think that's, most people MMOs take a long time to play and a long time to beat. So you gotta Yeah. You have to drop all this is speaking from experience. You have to drop all other games, all other hobbies, everything if you want to play an MMO.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even yeah. some friends. And, and it's an investment for some people. You subscribe, you you know, put money into props and, you know, vehicles or whatever else. It becomes a becomes a money pit sometimes too. But um, so uh speaking of things that you can buy life-size Sideshow Collectibles version of The Child came out, Grogu in all his glory. Uh, I did buy one, uh, had it on pre-order since January and it's amazing. Uh, looks just like the real thing. Uh, it's actually made by the same company that makes the onset prop legacy effects. And uh, they have a massive back order of, of orders. So, you know, if you order today, you might not get it until like, you know, summer next year kind of thing. Uh because I ordered I mean, mine that's really, really popular then, hey? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I ordered mine like between January, and February, and uh and I got mine only like in November. So
1: yeah, but but, I remember you bought it and then like six months later they upped the price.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did. They upped it like fifteen fifteen US dollars or twenty-five US dollars or something like that. And uh and it was because I think it was so popular that when they first launched it, I was like, there's no way this is selling for like 350 or whatever i was like that even even converting canadian currency into u.s i was like that's still pretty cheap for a life-size replica made by the same company that makes this for the show uh so i was like second day it was available i was like purchased like done um and and you know i'm glad i did because not only did it go up a little bit but um it is limited edition so they're not going to be making them forever uh you know one day they're just going to call it quits and be like okay that's it uh, we're going to finish what we have on order and then we're not making any more. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that I put my order in. So, uh, we also had, uh, Hasbro, uh, did decide to do a crowdfunded project for a big vintage style, uh, sized version for your action figures of the Razor Crest. Um, uh, did you ever collect those, those smaller action figures back in the day that, you know, the three and three quarter inches? not really
1: i got a mm, no i think i always got the the bigger ones the six inch and i only got a handful of them just for putting in like my cases of specific characters i wanted right like i got Thrawn. on yeah. i actually planned on getting darth revan and then totally forgot about it and i probably can't
0: mm, yeah
1: uh, and then i've gotten a few for gifts for people but uh, it's never been my thing to get like all the action figures there's a lot yeah there's so many
0: the six inch ones are are they're definitely action figures for older kids because they they're expensive. They got the detail to it's them. The detail, they, uh, yeah. They're they're basically yeah they're they're cool. Uh, but the three and three quarter inch has been the one that's been going the longest. Um, and uh, I actually did have some way back from when they they launched Attack the Clones uh, lineup of of stuff. And uh, to this day, they're still not worth very much. In fact, I even saw some in our local Tory collectible shop. And, and it was uh, it was, uh, you know, it was shocking how how much they've even declined in value even if <laughs> like in mint, condition. <laughs> in mint condition we're talking yeah. like like plastic to the card like welded and and it's still like it was selling for like five dollars a pop i was like you're kidding me like <laughs> but uh it's obviously all comes down to production right so they made a
1: lot more of them It's gonna be a lot you know yeah value as much so you want something that's worth a lot of money you should have bought a bunch of those jar jar binks lollipops where's this yeah or I know his, his tongue comes out of the of his mouth and it's that's the lolly
0: so you suck on his tongue right yeah 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 exactly you should have bought some of that stuff it's crazy what you what you, you know people don't think something's gonna go off value and then it does because nobody values it originally yeah and that's then, exactly and, then what it is. and then everyone's trying to find it because because nobody's got that's, it anymore yeah exactly <laughs> that's rare it's like you can buy a star wars pizza box online from pizza hut way back when i think it was the prequels came out or something. i think it was phantom menace and Pizza Hut did a uh, a lineup called uh, I think it was called Jabba the Hut. Uh, oh, if, if you look this. up Jabba the Hut Pizza Hut box, you're able to find a, a pizza box with 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 Jabba in the logo or something like that. You know. Uh, or, or maybe it was like, it, they also did the same thing for the episode one re-release, like in 3D, but uh, there was an original lineup way back when, and uh, and for, I think I, I, I vaguely remember somebody was like, Asking oh, yeah. money for like insane money for this pizza box, and I was like, "What the heck, man!" That's like so it's a pizza box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, pizza the Hut. Yeah, Pizza the Hut. It was like, oh, man. <laughs> um, so, Star Wars Squadrons was the next game from Star Wars uh, at EA, which uh, good reviews. Uh, I'm still playing through it. Uh, I still plan to do a dedicated episode about uh, the campaign and everything, but uh, so far it's been awesome. Reed played through it; he loved it. Um, anyone who really liked the gameplay of the ships in Battlefront Two, uh, you know, you'd really love Star Wars Squadrons, and it's got a or, full campaign.
1: If you like the original so, games from the yes, early nineties, yes, X
0: Wing, Rogue, yeah, Rogue Squadron, uh, X Wing, and Tie Fighter. Those, those are all great examples. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, uh, even, even Star Wars Starfighter, uh, which was. Um, uh phantom menace era playstation 2 game uh all those you know star wars starship games go back uh quite far and uh you know this was in line with all that stuff but using modern technology so you can if you got a vr headset you can look around your cockpit and play the game like that as well which is super cool
1: that's probably the coolest part is they they made it VR friendly. So you can actually be in the ship. I was surprised they did that and it blew me away. And honestly, I watched my VR set just to do that one thing. Cause it's honestly, that's so cool.
0: (laughs) It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like, I'm, yeah, it's really enhanced the level of appeal. I think to that game.
1: Yeah. Honestly, we're almost there. I think as far as getting the star Wars games, we want like full VR high quality. Like we're seeing like piecemeal, like the Darth Vader series. And then, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, the Vader Immortal series, one yeah. through 3 yeah.
1: And then we got this X-Wing game now. But honestly, I think we're getting closer. I'm just waiting for that, like, complete Star Wars RPG, all VR. That's
0: what I want. We're I want, almost there. I co
1: KOTOR, but VR.
0: It, we're almost there. So the next game that came out, I mean, it's, if it, leave it up to Star Wars to push the boundaries of games. And this has taken it quite far from Battlefront. But uh, but we have the, the next... Uh, oculus exclusive star wars game uh which is called tales from a galaxy's edge Uh, and uh, this game took players uh in their headsets uh completely vr game uh to batu where you live out a story of um as a smuggler sort of uh, uh or a droid repair technician aboard a ship that's transporting cargo. And uh, the Red Key uh, uh, Raiders or, or or something like that, uh, I forget which gang it is. Is it's, it's the, it's the mm. gang that shows up in Force Awakens with the red eyes in their helmets. Uh, those those guys, uh, they all show up, they raid the oh. ship. You end up crashing on Batuu and make your way to the town, which is where you get to Cecil Slack's Cantina and all that stuff. It's very interesting. Like I I did finish the game. I also plan to do a dedicated episode in 2021 talking about the story and stuff. Uh, But you basically have to go around. uh, There is a story mode where you're kind of navigating the wilderness of Batuu. But in in Black Spire Outpost itself, which is what Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge is based on, you go there and you can go to the cantina. You can go to the droid repair bay and it's supposed to look exactly the same as it does in the park we're very similar and uh, the characters that are normally there are are there and uh there's a lot of side quests and stuff like that so there is this rpg-esque kind of level of gameplay to it um the expansiveness of the game is not that big as soon as you kind of pass the intro of of like navigating in this ship uh there's no way to go back to that then you're stuck on batu and you're kind of in this circle of doing these side quests and sticking with the story. But once the story's finished, the only thing you have left to do is collect enough ingredients to make a drink at Cecil Slex Cantina. And as soon as you drink that drink, uh, there's a like a bonus adventure that kind of opens up, which is about a, a 35 minute experience, I would say, which actually is now the first piece of media in the High Republic era. And you then become this Jedi Padawan on Batuu, in a time 200 years before the Phantom Menace. Yoda shows up; he's younger. There's a Jedi temple on Batuu, believe it or not. And uh, you have to—you uh, end up helping Yoda take out this like Sith relic, which is like kind of been unleashed in the basement of this Jedi temple, and it's causing chaos like in the in the temple and stuff. It's really cool. Like it's it's really really well done, but. Uh, it's getting to the point where I'm like, yeah, Star Wars RPGs not far off. So, you might get your wish.
1: I'm excited, man. Like, here's hoping.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of the higher public, a lot of the higher public material that was supposed to come out this year got delayed to next year, uh, but okay, it so is Is this the it, comic? This is everything. There's there's a slew of books, the comics, uh, all the material that surrounded the Higher Republic title uh, is now delayed to 2021 spring. Uh, the first book, I, I believe, does come out in January. But uh, let me just let me just look this up here. Um, I mean, the announcement trailers online, of course. Uh, but from the first book, you can read a couple excerpts from from that Marvel,
1: Marvel was pushed back by global events to early 2021.
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh, January 2021 is when the first uh, set of content comes out. Uh, they've, they, they got two comic series, one from Marvel, one from IDW, which currently publishes the Star Wars Adventures comic series. And uh, then they have a, a bunch of uh, younger reader books. Uh, so they have I think they have like one one younger reader book, two junior novels and then one or two adult novels that are coming. And uh, bet- between all that material, there's going to be this build up of a story which is trying to create a base for that time era, because right now there's nothing like even yeah, in the EU, nothing. there's like nothing for 200 years before Phantom Menace. There's like it's, it's okay. pretty slim.
1: I'm glad so, they put an actual like time frame because we have stuff from the KOTOR era, which is thousands yeah. of years, and then there's yep. like a huge gap. Other, I guess Tor fills in some of it, but not much. Uh, and then we get the the prequel films. So I'm glad that yeah. they, it's going to be 200 years before. Because I was curious when they were going to do it. Okay, yeah, I, something I, new. I'm, I'm got I got to say something. So I'm looking at i StarWars.com, looking at the Star Wars Best of 2020, and the image that they have for the high republic has two characters with purple Mm -hmm. lightsabers Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that this image is not canon uh let
0: me let me take a look hold on what do you star wars 2020 um okay so let me just take a look at this here okay i think i i think i see what you're talking about here uh you talking about the the cover of where there's six jedi on the front yep that's the one so there's two yeah i see the two people with purple lights here okay you don't like them
1: well samuel jackson is mace windu is supposed to have the only purple oh, lightsaber
0: i i see where you're going with this yeah yeah i mean i don't think he's too happy about it but
1: (laughs) i mean like there's a whole story behind it like the reason why he had it is because he was the only jedi who was deemed allowed to train in the fighting stance that was very close to the Sith.
0: yeah yeah so that's 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 no longer canon um that's like that's always i think been an expanded universe thing. I mean outside the movies the real reason why he's got a purple lightsaber is cuz he asked for it. But um but i mean it, going into like canon stuff uh Jedi Fallen Order also kind of confirmed at a level that you can have almost any color lightsaber including orange and yellow. Uh i mean with with clone wars and rebels and and rise of skywalker we've seen yellow a couple times now. Uh, including the Marvel comic books. And, yeah,
1: also the Jedi Sentinels, which we saw yeah, in Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but purple really, it, it is a harder one to kind of pick out. But um, obviously Samuel's not going to be too happy about it. But I mean, you know, it, it, he's still the only guy to have it in a movie. So, you know, we got that. But
1: um, I got to say, I don't like that. They should have stuck to the... I'm okay with every color except for purple. I really like right. that being
0: a unique Mace Windu thing. It does It does look like they kind of commonized it too much, which is a little weird. Because like I think they should have stuck with the blue and the greens and then kept that design of having the cross guard thing, which is what they're going with as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't have a huge issue with it, but I see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, it does kind of remove a bit of uniqueness from, from Mace Windu. But uh, what can you do, right? It's Disney. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not
1: not happy. If they want to sell toys to kids and stuff, sure. But keep it out of my canon.
0: Right. Um, Well, we did have a good piece of Star Wars canon this year, which was Mandalorian Season 2. You know, obviously a massive contribution to Star Wars canon. And uh, like just, I guess we did a full series of aftershows for for Season 2. So I don't want to kind of go on about each episode here, but just like, would you would like in a summarized kind of form, like how did you like season two and um you know, are you, you excited for a lot of the stuff coming forward. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed season two quite a lot. I actually just finished going through
1: season one again. And I think we talked about this on the Mandalorian after show for the season finale. Yeah. Uh, and this is even just a thing just for me. I always prefer the first like the first book or the first season, that's very common for me. And so, again, I do prefer the first season of Mandalorian just because, as with all series, things tend to grow and get bigger. I liked a lot of the stuff they introduced. So I liked mm. that they brought in Bo-Katan. Uh, I'm glad they brought in Ahsoka. I do know why they did it. I wasn't entirely happy with that
0: episode. Um, but it did It's going to slowly grow on us, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. I can see that it had some good things about it and it, uh, it introduced a lot of things that are going to come up going forward, maybe in the show, maybe in the next. Uh, one feeling I kind of got from that episode that is starting to actually annoy me more is it's starting to feel like they're using season two of the Mandalorian as like a launching pad for new stuff, which they mm. did with arrow. And that really annoyed me to no end just right. feel like they kept creating these new characters to spin off on their own thing. I just felt like you, you lose. I don't want this to happen to Mandalorian. It hasn't yet, but it definitely happened in arrow. And I don't want it to repeat is yeah. the show stopped being about itself and started being about everything else.
0: Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I think like there. I remember us talk talking about it, I think, when we had the Bo-Katan episode and uh, namely when Boba Fett showed up. Yeah.
1: And we were you know, all scared I, he would, you know, take take the helm yeah, of the show.
0: Yeah. And I think they actually managed it very well. Um, Agreed. But, uh, but then the question, I guess, going forward, the next question, I guess, for us to ponder with is, are these other shows going to be, is, is it going to be too much, you know? Uh, it could which be. It's kind of crazy. Funny it's it's crazy think to it, think, it's like yeah. you know, like it's like we should be overjoyed that there's all this stuff, but like, it, it's almost like, I, it's like I think I mentioned this to you, or maybe I mentioned it to, to Ben or somebody, but like my mind can only get excited about like two new Star Wars things at once that are yeah. big things, right? Any anything beyond that, I'm like, I can't even think you about get it right now. I mean, yeah, you, you get overwhelmed as a Star Wars fan. You're like, because <laughs> you want you want to speculate and like do all these things. And, and it's like, man, there's like yeah. 11 shows coming our way. Yeah. Like, that is. Honestly, nuts. To is quote, crazy.
1: To quote Bilbo Baggins, I feel thin, like butter <laughs> spread over too much bread. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this is very much um, in the opposite direction that, that they were taking Star Wars when they uh, kind of canceled all the spinoffs. Yeah,
1: which is so ironic. It was like just before Mandalorian came out. So. Uh, Right after Last Jedi, or sorry, Rise of Skywalker, they, they officially announced it. They're taking a break. Because I thought yeah. there was too much Star Wars coming out.
0: And, uh, well, it's fans, like solo. Fans, it's like-
1: yeah, fans couldn't keep up. They didn't like it. They liked having their, their space. And then Mandalorian does well. And then boom, there's 10 shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, that's a very Jar Jar way of explaining it. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> we had all this stuff, and then boom! Then we have more stuff. <laughs> <And, laughs> they is <are> too much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you should uh, like contact the uh, voice actor for Jar Jar and get him to do part of your intro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody listening, we shared a, a, a video on on the Twitter feed uh, leading to a very special fan film called Binks: A Star Wars Story. Check it out; it's on YouTube. Give it a watch. Uh, Mr. It's Ahmed ch- Best. Yeah, it's on the channel Arctic Edge. Make sure it's the right one. <laughs> yep. And uh, and, and uh, Mr. Ahmed Best himself actually liked the tweet. So I'm assuming he watched the video. Uh, but, uh, you know, that got us all very excited because, uh, you know, Jar Jar Fan Films, we need more of them. <laughs> so you know, this is a
1: challenge to all your listeners we want you to put together a charge our binks fan video send them to the podcast and we will we will rate them and uh, we will actually judge
0: and put the best one Dude, we should do that every year, like like a Jar Jar fun. fan films competition. Like, who's yeah, the best Jar Jar movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> if, only, if, only, if only Mr. Lucas himself knew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, we also had uh, the Star Wars Lego Holiday Special drop on Disney+. And this is kind of the last big piece of news for 2020. Uh, I have not watched it yet, uh, but I plan to do that in the next day or two, I guess before the new year. And um, uh, from just what I've heard, it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, But, you know, very Lego style, funny. I always enjoyed the Star Wars Lego games. Uh, How many of those have you played?
1: Uh, i played the original one and uh, original trilogy uh, era one. I never did play the prequels. I probably should. That and was the
0: second one, the original trilogy one.
1: Yeah, well, they, just rele- cause they released all the original trilogy in just one game, right? So I played that when it came out. Actually, I didn't even own the game. I got a demo with another game of the oh. Star Wars. Yeah, and then I played it at friend's houses. Gotcha. And my, my cousin got it. And I don't know why. I just never did. It was, I don't know. I just... Yeah. uh just never did get around to it. But I did buy the Lord of the Rings one when it came out. Right. So I, have, I beat that. We actually, we stayed up, pulled it all night or beat it on the first day. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've actually been trying to go back and like, or getting around to go back and like buy the original Lego Star Wars. Cause they actually hold up super well. Just they do with they're, their gameplay. They're,
0: they're so, uh, you know, and the cutscenes are are pretty comical, right? And yeah. I don't know, they they just do a really good job. I actually think um,
1: they're better than the Lord of the Rings game because they're a little more open worldy. I think. Well, it's like the the quests in the Lord of the Rings game, the things they make you do, I didn't think was as good as the Star Wars game.
0: Mm, so. Interesting. I haven't played the Lord of the Rings one, so I I don't know, but uh, I have played uh, the first Star Wars game, which was about the prequels. The second one, ironically enough, I didn't actually play the full length of that one. I have played it, but but not the full length. Uh, And then Lego Star Wars 3, which was the Clone Wars. uh, I bought that for 360, played through that, Um, and that one was the first Lego game. I think they introduced like a special split screen so you could actually move away from the other player and it would separate the screen in half whereas before you were always kind of tethered to sharing the same screen space what's funny is i actually like the tethered screen space better i do too because (laughs) i do too ironically enough because it's confusing confusing. yeah Yeah. it does it does it it, like the the line constantly turning around so yeah
1: the lord of the rings one's even worse because the camera like moves to like fit both of you and then it splits and it's just oh man it is it's distracting. It's yeah. I'm trying to turn it off, but there's like no setting. It's really annoying, to be honest. Oh, okay. In the
0: <laughs> newer games, you can turn it off. In the newer yeah. games, you can turn it off. That's a, a, that's a, like in the Marvel one and the Avengers one, you can turn it off. But um, yeah, I guess they've, they've made major improvements as the years go go by. And, and now we're, we're also, we got the announcement that we're going to have. Um, of course, we had the Lego Star Wars, the complete saga game, which took elements of the first and the second Lego Star Wars games Uh, excluding the third Clone Wars one. And and, uh, actually, Lego Star Wars 3 Clone Wars came out after Complete Saga did. But uh, the Complete Saga did a good job at kind of expressing all the movies into a Lego game together. Uh, They ditched a lot of the individual movie kind of sub levels that they had in this in the trilogy games which lengthened that game in general but you know covering six movies i guess they had to condense each one a bit uh but now we're getting a skywalker saga game from lego next year and that's going to wrap up every like all nine movies in one lego game uh which is pretty crazy so if you uh, want to yeah.
1: do a, a land party but we all hang out and wrap that and they do a review i would totally do that
0: I mean, if we buy them, on, if we buy it on Steam, we could we could have a good time playing online multiplayer, too, because like, I mean, it would basically just be the same thing. But yeah, Lamp Party also sounds good. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll probably work that way with hopefully, hopefully it's multiplayer, because like my, my current Lego game, uh, I know I'm able to do split screen on my computer, like someone can play on a controller and I can play on keyboard kind of thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to figure something out when that game comes out because it's th- th- those games are really good for for groups, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much all the, the good news from from 2020. Aside from the crazy announcements, which, you know, there's a dedicated podcast episode for that. All the shows coming out in the future. Uh, that's actually not content that got released this year. But, you know, the announcement was worth mentioning anyways. Uh, but I mean, like just looking back, I guess like that's a lot of Star Wars, like for one year. Um, you know, I guess as a fan, we can all just be very thankful, I guess, that we've had a lot of Star Wars to keep us entertained as the time has gone by. And uh, you know, when I come to think of it, this this show, in general, uh, was not made for for uh, you know COVID purposes, but. Uh, looking back, you know, it, we started last year in, in like August and um, and then going forward into this year uh, as of March, you know, when we all kind of got sent home to work from home kind of thing. Uh, I guess that was only sort of a six, seven month period. The majority of the show has so far been over uh, over uh, this crazy crisis. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's shifted a lot of the ways that I've even done recording stuff, like to online and stuff like that, which now I actually prefer. It was, it's actually much easier for everybody. So you don't need to commute to my place or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, pretty
1: funny. Cause I know we had a hard time getting Bryce to rejoin the show. Cause he just wanted to go in person.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, ironically enough for me, it's actually easier uh, and it's easier for everybody. And most podcasts actually do this. Like most, most radio shows it's a radio show, so it's like, you, you know, you call in and uh, you have your guests like over the internet or whatever. Uh, so it, it's actually, ironically enough, the, the we're doing it the, the way that m- most people do it. Uh, but it, it's it's changed a lot of things. And like, weirdly enough, even though it, it's kind of put a halt to a lot of things, it's actually increased the level of, with, with also with the level of Star Wars content we've had this year. It's kind of, it's been fun to have an outlet to just sit down once or once every week or once every two weeks or whatever and just chat Star Wars with like no, you know friends and stuff. It's like
1: we're no, like we're no longer in the same class at school or working you know with desks right behind each other. So yeah. we don't uh, necessarily just t- tap each other on the shoulder and talk about the new Star Wars content as often as we once did. So it's cool to have the show to kind of rekindle
0: that yeah, exactly. And, you know, as, as, you know, from us, I guess, just being, being able to do the recording stuff like that, it's been a, it's been a really fun year, um, you know, doing Mandalorian. We had, uh, uh, the Clone Wars talk series with Diego earlier this year, which, which was wrapped up with season seven. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other things here and there that we've done on the, on the podcast. And, uh, I guess just, um, You know, hope that everyone listening has been entertained over the last year and and looking forward to a a good year going forward, Um, hopefully a better one. And, uh, you know, there's lots to look forward to as far as Star Wars content goes. You know, it's crazy to think we're getting 11 shows, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll still be doing this podcast by that time. And there's going to be so much going on to talk about. So, um, yeah. Anyway, did you uh, do you have any last words there?
1: no i think you covered it pretty well uh maybe stay tuned there's gonna be far too many review shows coming up i'm sure so you know keep an eye on the chat and i look forward to seeing everyone's charge jar binks videos
0: yeah absolutely all right buddy i guess we'll uh, catch you in the new year on star wars escape bud yeah sounds good see you in the year <laughs> all right everybody Thank you so much for tuning in to Star Wars Escape Pod this past year, 2020. It's been a crazy one, but uh, this podcast hopefully has kept you entertained with Star Wars news, discussion, commentary, uh, whatever it's been, being the commentary tracks, the Clone Wars talk, you know, the 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 after shows for Mandalorian. We got we had so much happening this past year and uh, you you guys can all look forward to a lot more stuff coming your way. I mean, we have Star Wars Squadrons out, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, the Batuu VR game. Uh, of course, the uh, the Rebels Talk series is still a work in progress, you know, going through Rebels with Diego. Uh, that still needs to happen. Uh, we've had our Lightspeed project uh, going on, which is the, the weekly news headlines uh, in regards to Star Wars news, so keep an eye out for those 15 minute or less episodes. Uh, we also have an episode uh, around the corner called why watch the clone wars and going into 2021 no better way than to reevaluate our classic shows like the clone wars and uh, with bad batcher on the corner and mandalorian out it's all the more relevant to do that and there's going to be a podcast episode directed uh, at anybody who hasn't seen that show and and it'll be kind of the nice maybe a nice nudge in that direction to watching it if if you haven't seen it before Uh, there's also a plan to do uh, a mandalorian season two recap discussion And uh, a bunch of explained episodes, which will be filling you in on the stories of Darth Maul and the Darksaber, Bo-Katan, Thrawn, Boba Fett, Ahsoka Tano, etc. Guys, it's been an awesome year. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. May the Force be with you. And if you can, please share this show with a friend and drop us the five stars. We'll see you guys next time on Star Wars Escape Pod.